What is going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. I've been sitting here for the last 20 minutes trying to figure out why my microphone hasn't been working. And I was sitting there playing around. I almost thought that my laptop was crashing or something and I was going to have to get a new one. And then I started looking down the cord of my microphone and it looks like it's been chewed into by either a dog or a cat that lives inside of my house. And that's exactly why the microphone wasn't working. So I busted out this older microphone. So the quality of this episode probably isn't going to be quite as high as the other ones. The sound isn't going to be quite as crisp. Hopefully it's still good enough that you'll stick around and listen to the episode, but just understand it's not always going to sound like this, but it's because either a dog or a cat. I think it was the cat. The cat's more of a mischief than the dog is chewed into the the cord. So I'm going to have to go get either a new cord or I might have to buy a whole new microphone. But today's podcast was too important to put off to wait for that to come because it's going to play off of last week's episode where we talked about setting up your programming as a whole. Today we're going to talk about setting up a workout inside of that program. So if you didn't listen to last week last week's episode, it'll be the first link down in the description. You can go back and listen to that if you'd like to. And just like last week, inside of this episode, it's going to be following along to a blog that I've written as well. So if you'd like to follow along inside of the blog, that will be linked down below as well. Or if you want to go back after and read through the blog to take away any of the stuff that I give you inside of this episode, you're more than welcome to to read through the blog to have everything in written form too. If you'd like to read it and be able to hear it, just to be able to obtain it better, feel free. Or if you just want to read it instead of sit here and listen to me because you feel like you'll be able to take more from it, by all means, go read the blog instead. I like to give both of those options on these more detailed episodes so that people can learn in whatever way it is that helps them learn the best. So at the end of this episode, I'm also going to give you guys a gift. So I'm going to give you an entire upper body workout and an entire lower body workout and show you how to progress through those workouts through a four-week time period best for your goals to just to show you how to put all this together. I've explained a lot about training in the last couple weeks and I want to give you something as a gift for sticking with me and wanting to learn. You guys deserve to see it in practice and on paper. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to show you how you can download a couple free workouts. I'll have the videos to each exercise so that you're not confused. It'll show you um, exactly how to progress in each exercise and why I choose the progression schemes that, that I choose for different exercises and different parts of the workout and different things like that. So I'm super excited for that. That's just a token of my appreciation to help you guys out to to really understand and be able to take all this stuff that we've been talking about and implement it for yourselves or implement it for the clients that you work with or whatever it may be. So with all of that, let's just hop into how to build a training day that will produce strength, help you gain muscle, as well as help you lose fat. First and foremost, I just want to make sure that you understand this isn't the only way to set up a workout. This is just the way that I have found to be the most productive, the most enjoyable, and the way that produces the best results, honestly, for the clients that I've worked with and for myself. There's there's a million ways to set up a workout. Different trainers will set up and coaches will set up programs and workouts in different sort of ways. This is just the methods that I choose to use because I found it to create the best results for people, for men and women that are looking to get leaner, get more um, definition in their body, which just means gain muscle, 
and be able to get stronger. Setting up a workout like this is gonna tick all of those boxes that you need to be able to produce the best results possible. Now, there, like I said, there'll be people that set things up in a little bit of a different way. This is just my preferred method and a lot of the other evidence-based trainers and coaches in the industry, the way that they'll set up their programs relatively the same. It won't be the exact same. Everybody adds a little bit of their own spin to what they do. This is just what I found to work best um, for myself and for clients. So it's what I stick to because why fix something that's not broken, right? So there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to working out. A lot of people will think that you need to sweat as much as possible through a workout to to create results. If you're not sweating, you're not actually working hard and, and producing change in your body, which is absolutely false. Um, I'll see a lot of guys going to the gym and they'll start like with arm curls or tricep extensions working a smaller muscle group and then they'll move into like a bench press or something like that. So I'm going to talk about how to set up your exercises and what type of scheme when you're when you're focused on which particular goal inside of the workout to get the most out of it. As well as I'll see people going and do like hop on a, a treadmill and do sprints for like 10, 20 minutes of a really high resistance for like 10, 20 minutes and then go into a strength session either. That's not very optimal. I'm going to um, show you what to do at the beginning of your workout to warm up and then go into your session as well as I see people going into the gym and first things first, they go throw a bunch of weight on the bar and just start lifting it without a proper warm up or anything like that. So we're going to talk about warming up. We're going to talk about what your first exercise should be and the focus should be, what your second, third, and fourth exercises should be your last exercise. And if you need to add some cardio in, what kind of cardio you can add and why you should add um, whichever kind dependent on your goal and your liking. So we're really going to walk you through the entire process of setting up a workout that's going to be most optimal for you to produce the result that you want. So you're maximizing the time that you're spending when you are inside of the gym on the workout that's to come. So when you first walk into the gym, the first thing that you need to do before you go walking into the weight room and you think you're going to start lifting weights is get warmed up a little bit. You need to literally, you need to warm up your body temperature. This is going to help prevent injury. It's going to help you feel a little bit more loose, get your CNS ready to attack weights inside of the weight room. If you just walk in and you try to hop right into the weights, you're going to feel cold. You're not going to have as much strength as you potentially could. You're not going to just be mentally and physically ready to get into the weight room and start tacking your actual lifting session. So what I like to advise to just slightly get a rise in your body temperature is just to hop on an elliptical, spin bike, or a treadmill for three to five minutes. This isn't going to be like a taxing hard three to five minutes. You're just going to get on just to raise your heart rate slightly. We're not looking to actually exercise here. We're just warming up. So this is a good time where you can start putting your music together. You can finish your pre-workout as well as just get a little bit of rise in that body temp so that as we move into the weight room, you're already a little bit warmed up and you're ready to get rolling. So now you finish the pre-workout. You've got a little bit of a rise in your body temperature. You're feeling good. We're not just going to automatically hop right into your first exercise of the day. We're going to spend another three to four minutes doing some dynamic stretching and priming the muscle groups and the opposing muscle groups that you're getting ready to work in the actual lifts that you're going to be doing. So again, this is going to take a little bit more time, but really between this and your um, getting warmed up on the treadmill elliptical or spin bike is really going to take you about six to seven minutes after you walk to the door before you actually start performing your lift. So objective two is some dynamic stretching and priming the muscles. So 
no more of walking into the gym and just doing static stretching where like you'll do a hamstring stretch and try and touch your hands to the floor and just hold them there for as long as you can. Studies have shown over and over that that type of stretching, stretching out the muscle like that actually makes you weaker in the short term. So instead, what we want to do is just loosen up your joints and get blood flowing into the muscle groups that we're actually going to be working during the session as well as opposing muscle groups that you'll be working in the session um, just to kind of counteract that a little bit to balance out so that everything's nice and lubed up and ready to roll for the actual lifts that are to come. So let's say you're going to do an upper body day. This is what the dynamic and primer would look like. Maybe like some arm circles. So we're working on your shoulder joint a little bit, warming up your shoulders. Then we'll do some cross body slaps, keep your shoulders getting warmed up, but pushing some blood into your shoulder joints and then maybe some banded pull-aparts. So if our first movement of the day is going to be a press, we're going to do these pull-aparts because it's going to work our upper back and our rear delts to pump some blood into there so that as we press, we're more secure in the actual movement because the opposing muscle group has some blood in there too and it's warm as well and then from there we'll we'll put a little bit of blood into the chest we'll do some chest presses with like a band and then we'll do some banded rows as well to work more with the lower back just to fully warm up the entire upper body for the session that's to come so that you're 100% ready if you go in and you just hop right into the first exercise of the day, you're not gonna be warm, you're not gonna have blood in those muscles, which is ultimately not gonna let you lift as much weight and keep progressing from week to week, which without to mention is going to leave you much more susceptible to an injury. If you'll take these first six, seven, eight minutes of when you first walk into the gym to get warm on the treadmill or whatever machine you choose to use and then pump some blood into all the areas that you're going to be using as well as warm up the joints, lube up the joints a little bit, you're just going to be able to perform better. You're in a much better position doing this to continually progress and continually get stronger to produce the actual results that you want from your training. So now it's time to actually start training. We're actually going to start lifting some weight and the first movement of the day is going to be your main compound movement. So this movement is generally the most stimulating movement that's going to cause you to use the most amount of weight that you're going to use throughout the entire session. That's why we do all of the warm-ups we do leading up to this because this is the most taxing. It should be the hardest movement that you're doing of the day with the most amount of weight that we're looking to progress from each to week. So if you're wondering the rep ranges, what rep ranges should this movement be in? If, if your main focus is strength, the rep ranges are going to be somewhere in the three to four rep range. If your focus is muscle and strength, you want both. It's, you're going to want to be around in the five to seven rep range. And if you want dominantly muscle and strength kind of on the back burner, that's a second thought, you'll want to be in the eight to 10 rep range. So this first movement is, it's definitely the heaviest movement of the day and the most taxing. This is what everything else is focused around. So it's either going to be a squat, deadlift, horizontal press, vertical press, horizontal row, or vertical press dependent upon the split that you've chose to follow and the body parts that you are most wanting to work on. So let's say if shoulders are a dominant muscle group for you that you want to, want to grow to look better, this main compound movement of the day would be something like a shoulder, a barbell shoulder overhead press that we're looking to progress from week to week and stay in your programming for like a four to 12 week period where we're using the most amount of weight and we're trying to progress in this work, this exercise from week to week because it's your main priority. So we might as well put it first in the workout because it's what you want to grow and develop the most. And then from there, once you've completed that movement for the day, we'll move into your accessory compound movements for the day. So you'll, that's not your only compound movement. We've still got to hit the rest of your body parts that are required for you in that particular session. So let's say it's an upper body day and you just finished with the barbell overhead press. Well, we still need to hit your chest. We still need to hit 
um, your rear delts because the overhead press is hitting dominantly your front delt and a little bit of your side delt. So we still need to hit those rear delts. We still need to hit your back as well as your chest. So that's when we'll add in all of the accessories. These would be the movements that change out more often. Like the main compound movement, like I've mentioned, I like to keep in for around a 12 week period. These accessory movements would be switched out every four weeks or so just to keep some variety in your training, to keep things fun and switching things up so you don't feel like you're going in and constantly doing the same workout for a 12 week period and, and get bored from what you're doing. So all of the accessories, we're still looking to progress inside of them um, through a double progression scheme for the most part. So we'll start at the bottom of a rep range and say we're doing 10 to 12 reps. We'll start at 10 reps, do that with a, spe a specific amount of weight, work that up from week to week and try to get 12 reps for all the sets that we're doing. And then we'll up the weight from there on the next week and start back at the bottom of the rep range and keep and work that back up once again in that fashion. So we use double progression there as where that main compound movement of the day is either going to be um, linear progression or linear periodization dependent upon your experience level and just where you're at in your training and strength level overall. Again, that information on linear progression and linear periodization are in how to set up your own program, which is linked down below the podcast episode as well as the blog. So yeah, the accessories come afterwards. They're, you're not as focused on just pure strength here as these movements are in a little bit higher of a rep range than what your initial movement of the day was. So you're focusing on a lot of mind-muscle connection, but at the same time, you're still trying to focus on progression too. Just understand you're not gonna be as strong in these movements because you've used up a lot of your strength and taxed yourself a decent amount inside of that main compound movement of the day. So let's say you did a barbell overhead press. Your accessory movements could look like a, a pull down or a pull up if you're strong enough and like a dumbbell chest press as well as maybe like some sort of like a face pull or like a rear delt row or something in that fashion that's still making you use multiple joints. We're not to the isolation exercises yet where you're just working on one muscle group at a time. We're still hitting multiple joints at one time in these accessory compound movements. But again, we're more focused on the mind-muscle connection and these higher rep ranges um, because we're more focused on building muscle at this point because we've used up a lot of your overall strength within that first movement that we're looking to overload on from week to week. So from here, you've hit that main compound movement and you've hit all your accessory movements for the day. You're at a spot where you've hit all of your muscle groups that are intended to be hit in that day. Now we can move to a little bit more isolation stuff. So this is when we're going to throw in some of the arm training. We're going to hit some of those smaller muscle groups, maybe like your... Um, side delts with some lateral raises or a rear delt fly just to focus in on, on the rear delts by themselves, extensions for your triceps, bicep curls for your biceps, different things like that, or else like flies if you're a guy for your chest. I wouldn't really recommend those for females, but flies are something that guys will want to do to further create more volume inside of their chest training. All these different places for you to be able to hit your volume landmarks that you need to hit that are again explained inside of the how to build your um, own program. It talks about volume and how to set up your volume for specific muscle groups depending upon your experience level and your goals. This is where we'll add in a lot of that extra volume and we're really focusing in on the mind-muscle connection. This is where we can have a little bit more fun with the sets that we're doing. So we can include different types of sets like we can do myo reps where we're pushing ourselves closer to failure because we're working smaller muscle groups. We can do EMOMs where rest time is a lot smaller and we're working on creating more volume under time under tension under adding more sets over time and just getting close to failure on these sets because they're smaller muscle groups so it's not going to tax us quite as much and we're going to be able to recover faster than we could if we were trying to take a bench press to absolute failure in every single session to where you're going to have a super hard time coming back from an exercise like that that you take to complete failure all the time you're just going to have a super hard time 
um, getting over with the fatigue and recovering from something like that compared to going to failure on like bicep curls or different things like that, depending upon what your goals are, what muscle groups you want to grow, you're not going to have as of a hard time to recover from an exercise like a curl that you're going to failure on compared to like a bench press or a squat or something where you're using a lot more muscle um, to create a lot more fatigue in. So yeah, you can get super creative. This is the end of the workout where with your lifting session to where you can just do more things. You can do EMOMs, EDTs, time sets, all this different kind of stuff for smaller muscle groups to create the the pump at the end of the session that you're wanting to create using more mind-muscle connection. Again, we're still focused on creating progression inside of these movements as well. These isolations, we're still trying to create progression over time, but like the accessory movements where you're talk, where you're starting to focus a little bit more on mind-muscle connection, you're even more focused on that in these isolation movements because we're narrowing it down to smaller muscle groups being worked inside of each exercise. So we're really focused on creating as much stimulus inside of that muscle during that movement to get the absolute most out of that that we possibly can so like if you're a female this might be something like taking glute bridges to failure um, you can do like emoms with glute bridges or if you're a guy you could do an emom with just all sorts of different things chest flies different things that are just going to make it a little bit fun get your heart rate up at the end of the session and take you to complete failure to feel like you got in um, a really good workout and really tax the muscles coming into the end of the workout so that again it's not doing it to huge big compound movements it's going to be super hard to fatigue from is these smaller muscle groups where we can get away from it we can recover a little bit faster so that when we come back in a few days to re-hit those muscle groups they're fully recovered they're not sore anymore and they're ready to be hit once again so now you've hit all the muscle groups that you need to hit in the day you've got a you've got two choices you can either be done for the day or else you can add some sort of cardio in. And there's a few different types of cardio that you can add, and we're gonna talk about the different variations of cardio that you can do depending upon your goal and what you'll enjoy. But just understand this, even if your goal is fat loss, cardio is not a necessity. It's gonna come down to more of your diet than it's ever going to come down to doing cardio. You can't do enough cardio to ultimately lose fat. Now you can do cardio to aid into a caloric deficit to help you lose fat but if you're not paying attention to your nutrition first and foremost doing cardio is not going to do anything for you when it comes to fat loss cardio isn't the key to fat loss by any means now it is good for your overall health it's definitely going to help your heart in the long run and help you just be a healthier individual so if you have kids and you want to get out and run around with your kids you're going to feel a heck of a lot better if you're adding some sort of cardio into the end of your sessions just to feel better overall but don't think that your this cardio is what's going to help you lose fat training and lifting is the main thing that I would be focused on even if your goal is fat loss just because the more muscle you have the more food you're going to be able to eat the faster your metabolism is going to be um, the stronger you're going to be and just overall the more healthy you're going to be which is far more important than adding in cardio cardio is not the objective this is why we're doing it last in the session because this is like the cherry on top it's not something that's necessarily needed but you can do it for its added benefits i would recommend one to two sessions per week if you're into fat loss you can up that a little bit more just to get a greater calorie burn every single day to be able to eat a little bit more food as you're dieting down if you're trying to gain muscle or you're just maintaining where you're at i'd still suggest one to two cardio sessions per week there's a couple different types of cardio that you could include um, you can do metabolic circuits that are still based around the move, the 
the body parts that you were doing inside of your actual lifting session. So you could do a metabolic circuit with like some lighter type lists and different things, power, more power type focus movements is going to get your heart rate up or else you could do hit cardio, which is high intensity interval training, or else you could do some list cardio, which is low intensity steady state. So metabolic circuits, what this would be like, let's say you just got done with um, a lower body day. You're finished and you want to get your heart rate up to burn a little bit of additional calories after the session is over. This is where you could add something in like some kettlebell swings, some wall balls, and the rower or the assault bike. So those are the three exercises. In week one, you're going to do it for four rounds. Week two, you're going to do it for five rounds. And week three, you're going to do it from six rounds. So we're still progressing those exercises from week to week, but we're doing them in a circuit fashion. So you'll do the kettlebell swings as fast as you can for 10 reps, the wall balls as fast as you can for 10 reps, and then you'll hop on the rower or an assault bike and go as hard as you can to burn 10 calories, all back to back to back. Once you complete that, then you'd rest for 60 to to 75 seconds, let your heart rate come back down a little bit, and then repeat that for the recommended amount of rounds. And again, you're going to progress those rounds over time to keep your body further adapting. This could aid a little bit in muscle growth as well as it's going to push your heart rate super high, which is going to help burn additional calories, which is the overall goal when it comes to this. Don't think of these circuits as the best way to build muscle. They're definitely not at all. They're more of a way to... Um, get your heart rate up. And again, you can get a little bit of muscle from these potentially, but that should definitely not be the goal. This is more cardio based than it is muscle building based for sure. And so that could be something that you're doing at the end of the sessions. I really like to add these in. They're just a funner way to get in your cardio than getting on a cardio machine and, and doing like a hit or a list session. But again, everybody's going to have individual preferences to what they enjoy more than the other. This would just be the one that I prefer myself. Um, but like if you were a client or I was working with you, we would understand what you like most and put that in. There's not one that's necessarily more optimal than the other. I will say that this one is generally the fastest. So if you only have like five, 10 minutes after a session, doing a metabolic circuit like this is probably going to be the fastest way for you to get the biggest bang for your buck. Number two would to do a hit session. So this is high inter- or high intensity interval training. You could do this on like a spin bike and a salt bike or an elliptical. It's just a faster way to burn um, more calories without taking as much time because you're going at a higher intensity. So again, you would want to you would want to progress at whatever you're doing here as well. This isn't like you go in and do the exact same hit session every single week. So week one, you could set something out up where you're doing 10 seconds all out on a spin bike and then resting for 90 seconds and then going 10 seconds all out, resting for 90 seconds. You do that for 10 rounds. Then week two, you could do 10 seconds again, all out as hard as you can, but only rest for 80 seconds in between each session and then go for 10 rounds again. Week three, you go for 10 seconds as hard as you absolutely can and then rest for 70 seconds and for 10 rounds once again. So the rest time is getting slightly smaller each time. So your body's having to re- adapt and recover faster, which is ultimately going to lead to you burning more calories over time and getting better at doing the cardio to help you get into better shape. And then last but not least would just be lists. This would be the most boring of all of them and the longest form of all of them. So you would find like a steady pace on a treadmill. You could hop on the treadmill and go for 25 minutes. Then in week two, you did the exact same thing. You hop on the treadmill, but you go for 30 minutes. Week three, you do the exact same thing, hop on the treadmill, but you'd only go for 30 and you'd go for um, 35 minutes instead of 30 minutes. So you're progressing in that scheme every single week. The thing with cardio that you need to understand is your body adapts to cardio extremely fast. So if you're doing it for the the effect of calories burned well if you do the same session for let's say three four five weeks your body is automatically getting better at that session meaning you're going to be doing the exact same session with the exact same amount of time but you're going to burn less calories 
because your body adapts to the cardio and it works more efficiently so you don't burn as many calories to get through the session. So you've always got to be progressing inside of your cardio to get the same bang for your buck as you would inside of training where we're always looking for progression. You need to be doing the same thing inside of your cardio, creating progression to get better and better at it and keep creating the same result that you're wanting to create. So that is how I would walk you through a workout if you were looking to get stronger, if you're looking to put on muscle, and you're looking to burn fat with some different types of cardio techniques as well. Again, that last one I hesitate to say because you don't need the cardio if you're looking to burn fat. You could just look at a strength session, trying to get stronger and trying to put on muscle. And if your diet's on point, you don't even need to add in the cardio if you don't want to. It's just an extra cherry on top that some people choose to add in. Um, It can allow you to eat a little bit more food. Or if you don't want to do cardio, you just hate doing it. Um, you don't have to, you're obviously not going to burn quite as many calories in a day. So you're not going to be able to eat quite as much each day if the goal is fat loss. Um, but you can still create that exact same result. It doesn't come down to cardio to get you to where you want. So I hope this really does help you guys again down below. You can go and there's a link down there that says upper lower workouts. You can go to that link. It'll ask you to enter in your email address. It will shoot you over directly to your inbox, an upper and a lower workout structured in this exact way that we talked about, showing you the exercises, the videos to the exercises, and it'll show you exactly how to progress from week to week inside of those exercises so that you can start making progress in your own training. Again, it's only an upper lower session, so depending upon your experience level, you're going to want to go back and listen to or read the how to set up your own program so you can put your last day in there if it's whether it's a full body day or else it's uh, another lower upper, if it's a push-pull legs, whatever that last um, set section of your program needs to be to hit the volume that you need to hit per week. Again, you're going to want to go back and figure that out for yourselves to individualize it to you under the how to build your own program. So go ahead, click on that link. You'll put in your email, and it will shoot you over both workouts. I think you guys will really enjoy them. It'll put everything that we've talked about on paper so you know exactly how to set up your workouts and have a better understanding of your programming to go out and create the best results for you that you possibly can so that you're maximizing the time that you're putting into everything that you're doing. So I'm super excited for you guys to get those. Once you get them, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to shoot me emails. I'll help you the best that I can. If you want to leave questions as well for the next upcoming Q&A podcasts that are coming, my email is, is linked below as well. You can leave questions there. I'll answer them on future podcasts. I really do appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you took a ton of value from this. If you did, I would really, really appreciate it. If you could take a screenshot of this episode, put it on your IG story and tag me in it so I can see that you've been listening. I will shoot you a thank you message and it just really helps me to understand that you guys are getting value from these and implementing. I've been getting quite a few of them and I really do appreciate you guys for doing that. It motivates me to keep going, keep producing this content to help you out the best that I can. So once again, I really do appreciate it. I hope you guys have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon.